For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Two guns found at local schools within just 24 hours. One, a loaded AR-15. What we're learning about the investigation in this newest case involving a 14-year-old student. The record heat is gone, and we're about to have a shock to our system. The timeline for when the rain starts and when temperatures plummet. Then, showing solidarity with those suffering in Ukraine. We take you live to a local vigil one year since the start of the Russian invasion. Tonight, warm temperatures are making their way out as rain makes its way in. Thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Dan Haggerty. Meteorologist Kat Campbell in the WRL Severe Weather Center with what we can expect with this batch of weather, Kat. Well, it'll come with a change of wardrobe tomorrow. Not only will you need your jacket, but you're going to need your umbrella for that rain as well. We have a chilly north wind kicking in, and then the rain is moving in from the west. And this is just the first batch of rain. We do have the chance of a few spotty showers later on tonight. It wouldn't come. Really until after 8 o'clock, it would be patchy, light rain if you do see some rain before midnight tonight. But better rain chances really fill in after midnight into early tomorrow morning. For the early morning risers, you may wake up to some scattered showers 5, 6, 7 a.m. As we move toward 8 a.m., it's sparse but patchy, light rain. It'll be on and off throughout the day. And when it's not raining, it'll be overcast. During the afternoon, we should see an uptick in coverage again between about 3 and 6 o'clock. After that, the rain clears out and then temperatures on the rebound. I'll have a closer look at what your Sunday looks like coming up. Kat, thank you. Breaking in the last two hours, the Durham County Sheriff's Office confirmed a student brought a gun to school today. And this is just the latest. Now a growing list of 11 schools, if you can believe it. Guns found across our state. WRL's Mark Boyle in the live center with what we know about this incident. Dan, we've had to start piling together a, uh, a growing list, a dock that we can follow with all of these changes. They happen so frequently. The most recent case happened here in Durham at Jordan High School. Happened late this afternoon. Tonight, we continue to uh, press for answers to the questions here about the motive for this 14-year-old bringing that gun to campus. On your screen here are some of the key takeaways here. There was a lockdown, so if you uh, have a student that went to Jordan High School, the reason was because this weapon was found on campus on this 14-year-old. We don't know if the gun was loaded or not, the school resource officer, we're told, was provided a tip, some information that led the officer to that student. They are now questioning that student. The investigation is ongoing. We do know that the Durham County Sheriff's Department uh, investigators were out there on scene at the school for several hours this afternoon. They continue to piece all of this together. Any new information, we'll bring it to you here in the Live Center. Mark, thank you so much to think about here. We do know in the last hour we learned that the AR-15, a student brought to a high school basketball game in Raleigh, was in fact loaded. It happened last night during a game between Millbrook and Hillside High. Police say they responded. They took that juvenile into custody. Today, there was extra security at Millbrook High School as a precaution. Parents, they want to know how a kid could get a rifle into an event like a school game. Those who were there are, of course, upset that they were not even told about the potential danger until after all of this was over. 
I feel that we should have had some sort of notification that there was some active situation happening. And just as well as they locked down the students in school, the game should have been locked down. It should have ended. It should not have continued. Authorities say the juvenile was, was arrested is a student, but not at Millbrook. Police say they have filed a juvenile petition. There will be enhanced security measures for at uh, at for the uh, at Millbrook High versus Jordan High's game tomorrow. There were two more threats at local schools today. Southeast Raleigh High School went into a code red lockdown about 12:30 p.m. due to a report of a student on campus with a gun. Authorities identified the student in question and did not find anyone. It did not find a gun anyhow. The lockdown was lifted 15 minutes later. There was also a threat made at on Snapchat targeting Fuquay Verena High School, the second one this week. School officials say that threat was not credible. Today marks one year since Russia invaded Ukraine. Right now a vigil is happening in front of the Capitol building as people pray for anyone suffering in the country. WRL's Leslie Moreno joins us now live with how they're also honoring those who died in the name of freedom. Leslie. Deborah, like you mentioned, we are right in front of the state capitol. You can see the large crowd here behind me. People are really hoping this war will be over soon. Each of these candles here, if you look there, symbolizes some of the most difficult days of the year for Ukrainians. It's been exactly one year since family members received that call. We've been hearing from people who have been able to leave Ukraine and some who still have family members back home. This gathering here is a place where people have been sharing their stories and it symbolizes the community's strength and hope that this war will be over soon. To cry still, I want to cry and I'm trying to, to hold on and because I, I don't know what to do, what, what can we do. Of course we're trying to help as we can, but of course it's not enough. I feel that I am doing not enough. I, I, I would like to do more. A great turnout here. We've been speaking with people from Cary, from Durham, all over the Triangle. So a lot of support for Ukraine tonight, guys. Leslie Moreno, live in Raleigh. Thank you, Leslie. An Apex man continues to help Ukrainians find safety outside of the country. MG is known in the area for his splendid Christmas lights. Now he has helped collect more than 44 million miles from different airlines. He's also received $200,000 in donations. MG says he has more than 200 families waiting for sponsorship right now. When you have the ability to rescue a family from a very difficult situation, that is a, a, a something that you can add to your life resume that you cannot put a price on. MG's foundation still needs help. We have a link to his Facebook page for how you can donate on WRL.com. RDU law enforcement has now dropped the charge against the passenger who caused an emergency landing at RDU. Police, you remember, charged Tiffany Miles with airport obstruction after her American Airlines flight from Jacksonville, Florida to Washington, D.C. landed here safely. RDU police say they first believed that Miles was involved in a, quote, attempted hijacking. Miles telling WRAL she's relieved the charge is dismissed because she knows she didn't do anything wrong. She shared the video you were just seeing, this one here with WRAL, showing her being restrained with zip ties. Miles says that she got into an argument with a female flight attendant after she was told they were no longer serving alcohol. 
After that argument, Miles tells us that she was heading to the bathroom toward the front of the plane. RDU police say after reviewing the circumstances and hearing from witnesses, they decided to drop the charge. Because I didn't do anything at all. <laughs> That's why I'm like, my actions were okay. I like. I hope the lady regrets how she played things out because I was honestly on defense mode. I my my mind never went negatively. I honestly was very afraid. We talked to the Wake County District Attorney, the DA saying her office determined the jurisdiction was with federal authority, so that's why they're not moving forward with the charge. Then the FBI telling us later, after consulting with federal prosecutors, it does not plan to do anything else with this case. Miles tells us she does not have anything against American Airlines after this situation. She says it was an isolated incident and just a major misunderstanding. House Speaker Tim Moore is okay today after a crash involving a suspected impaired driver. Authorities say the driver rammed into Moore's SUV several times. WRL's Capitol Bureau Chief Laura Leslie reports the incident happened on I-87 last night. No one was hurt in the incident. Moore credited that to his driver, a General Assembly police officer. He said it was a bizarre situation, but he does not believe it was politically motivated. House Speaker Tim Moore, Representative David Willis, and a staffer were on their way home from Wilson last night in an unmarked police vehicle, a black Chevy Tahoe. They were doing about 70 in the right lane, Moore said, when a pickup truck rammed into their rear bumper. I don't want to estimate how fast he was going. I mean, we were clearly going at highway speeds in the 70 mile an hour zone, and this guy was on us in no time. Said the driver rammed them at least three times before going around them. His security detail, General Assembly Police Officer Jason Perdue, was driving, and Moore said Perdue's driving skills kept that SUV on the road. I think it had gone south in so many ways because it was a hard hit. Perdue flipped on the Chevy's blue lights and they followed the pickup for a few miles while they called the Wake County Sheriff and State Highway Patrol for help. At one point, the pickup came to a dead stop in the middle of the interstate. They didn't know what the driver was going to do next. You know, the, the first hit, that was strange enough. The second hit and the third hit, you're feeling like, who is this? Is this somebody trying to run you off the road? And so that's, that's what got everybody obviously a little uh, uh, excited at that point. But uh, he... Um, I don't know that he, I doubt he knew who we were. James Matthew Brogdon of Goldsboro was arrested by Wake County deputies. He's charged with DWI, hit and run, resisting an officer, and several other charges. He was taken to Wake Med for testing. Moore said he does not believe it was a targeted attack. And, and I, don't, I don't believe that was the case. I think this person, from what I see, was just so impaired to such an extent that he was just out there and it could have been, it could have been anybody. And it just happened to be us. And Laura Leslie, WRL News, Raleigh. Fort Bragg is staying in Fayetteville, of course, but it's going to get a new name. Ahead, we'll talk about that new name and the change when it's happening and what that process will look like. Then you felt these warm temperatures. Who hasn't over the past few days? But you know why it's been so warm and whether this is something we should expect to see in the future during winter in North Carolina. Meteorologist Mike Mays has some answers for us next.
the lanes of I-40 closed this evening. A crash has several lanes backed up. Looking at the traffic map right now at 713, you can see all the red right here on US-1. And this area right now might not be updated with all the slowdowns because this just happened a few minutes ago. But here's where this is all unfolding right here. This is the main part that you need to be aware of. The right three lanes are closed on I-40. And then take a look at this end time right here, 944. That's not in standard. Uh, normally, they can wrap these things up a little quicker. We'll see if that changes. But a traffic alert if your uh, evening takes you down that direction this evening. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Mark. Fort Bragg will become Fort Liberty on June 2nd. The Pentagon is proceeding with plans to rename nine Army posts and hundreds of other items whose names honor the Confederacy. WRL's Fayetteville reporter Gilbert Bays talked with military leaders at Fort Bragg today about how the process will play out in the coming months. Well, this is a big deal here at Fort Bragg because we've known for some time that Congress has ordered the redesignation of Bragg to Fort Liberty by the end of this year. We knew it was going to happen before the 4th of July, but now sources close to this tell me that June 2nd is the target date. Now, it's going to begin with a sunset march to Liberty by soldiers and civilians here at Fort Bragg. We're going to tell you more about that as we get more details. But also, this is Murkison Road, and another block over is Bragg Boulevard. There's going to be a memorial to Liberty posted at that location as well. The big question now, why Fort Liberty? The name Liberty honors the heroism, sacrifices, and values of the soldiers, the service members, the civilians, and families who live and serve with this installation. You know, we view this as the next chapter of, of our history, and we look forward to honoring the stories of our military heroes from every generation and walk of life. So this is a big deal. We'll have more on how the community can get involved with the redesignation of Fort Bragg to Fort Liberty as we get more information. Reporting live here at Fort Bragg, Gilbert Bays, WREL News. Before we get to catch weather, I do want to take a moment and talk to Mike Mays about the problems yeah. with this warm winter weather we've been dealing with. And, and aside from, I think, that looming feeling that we all have, the nervousness about mm -hmm. a warming climate in general right. when we have these temperatures in, in winter, but with things like bugs and blooming, uh, things blooming early, the, the, ski, uh, right. the ski situation, what, uh, what are some of the issues that arise when we see 80s in February? Yeah, there's always an impact. And with the warmth that we've had, and I'm I notice things. I'm a worrier. So when I see the maple trees in our parking lot blooming yeah. and I see my blueberry bushes, we talked about blueberry bushes in your backyard blooming as well, right. there's going to be a repercussion because at some point the colder air is going to come back. It always does. We see on models colder air returning in the month of March. There's going to be a freeze, so blueberry bushes will probably be damaged. Some of the blossoms will be killed. Can you imagine being a strawberry farmer? Right. If your business relies right. on the weather and the crops being healthy, you're nervous right now. Right, right. And if you have to deal with night after night, maybe in the month of March, the freezing temperatures come back, you've got to protect your crop. And at what point do you say, heck, I'm not dealing with this anymore. It costs too much, it's too much effort. And so it has an impact on industries, has an impact on the industry for agriculture, for the mountains as well. They rely, the ski resorts on the colder weather, not only for the snow to come down, but to make snow as well. And these days, they're making more snow than they are getting. So now they're having to rely on man-made technology to keep their business going. And when you're looking at these businesses, let's say you're a business owner, what's the future mean? Uh, are we going to start seeing this more commonly happening, these record temperatures yeah. in winter months? Yeah, and it's not only the month of February. You're thinking, oh, it's just a standout thing for February, but we've seen more than normal temperatures in December. There are many Christmas times lately that it's been in the 70s on Christmas Day. It's right. like, what's going on? And also in the month of January. Winter is warming faster than any other month or any other season of the year, I should say. It's warming faster because not only do we have warm afternoons, we have warmer nights as well. 
let's talk about the volatility as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been tracking the weather for so many years. Right. We entered February with really low temperatures, right. and now they're spike. They kind of it's a roller coaster, but the the ebbs and flows right. seem to be higher and lower than I, I've, I remember them. Yeah, and there's a pattern that's set up now. It's there's a La Nina pattern, and it's a three-year pattern that's been going on, which isn't typical. Usually, you'll have it last for a season, then it'll go away. But for the past three years, we've been stuck in a La Nina pattern, and for the month of February, we've seen an ever-present area of high pressure sitting over Florida, which builds a ridge over the southeast. What that does, it's like a brick wall of air. Won't allow cold fronts to come in to bring the cooler weather. And so all the cold air is bottled up out west and up to the north. And until that ridge breaks down, we won't have a return to colder weather. There are signs, though, March could be a flip-flop where we'll have colder weather come back in. And people always wonder, you know, what are the symptoms, immediate symptoms of a warming climate. Here we go. We have more sleepless nights mm -hmm. for farmers. Right. We have allergy season that lasts longer. We have more insects. That's Mosquitoes right. will start coming out sooner. And of course, we know about West Nile virus. That'll spread more. Ticks are an issue. And typically, we're thinking we can relax in December, January, and February because the cold air keeps them at bay. Now, they're awakening earlier. We have more opportunities to be out in wilderness to get Lyme disease and all the other diseases that come with it. Not comforting news, but it is no. the reality that we live in. All right, Mike Mace, thank you. We'll take a look at the clouds moving over Beaufort today in this time lapse of the sunset. Still beautiful despite the clouds. Hopefully you enjoyed this warm weather because it's gone, but only for a day. Meteorologist Kat Campbell is joining us now in the WRL Severe Weather Center. Kat? It's just one day. The unfortunate part is it lines up on a Saturday when so many of us wish we could carry this nice 72 degree day over into the weekend. But we do have some rain moving in with the chilly weather and you can already see just some very light rain moving in on the radar from the west. We'll be watching for the chance for rain after about 8 o'clock tonight. And that chance only 20% at 8 o'clock, but by 9, 10 o'clock, we could see a few showers, mainly in the southern part of our viewing area, and that chance does continue to go up. I know that we see the raindrop icons first, but let's talk temperatures. You know, yesterday evening at this time, we were still well in the 70s outside. It's going to be cooler tonight, 56 degrees at 9 o'clock. If you've got Friday night plans, 56 is not bad for February, but compared to where we've been every other evening this week, it's going to feel cooler out there. We have a north wind and that's what's bringing the cooler wind and the cooler air into the area, I should say. And you can see the cold air where it's originating from Cleveland, 27 degrees right now. New York City, 34 degrees. The cold air pushes in for just one day as high pressure continues to build. That's moving in from the north. And then from the west, we have the rain moving in, at least the first batch of rain. The bulk of the rain will move through during the day tomorrow. It's not a heavy rain. It's not a washout. There will be breaks in the rain. Just kind of on and off showers during the day. Pretty light rain. And by Sunday, 65, still a lot of clouds, but Sunday is dry. Dry. It will definitely be the better day for some outdoor plans. Looking at hour by hour temperatures tomorrow, we hover pretty steadily in the 40s throughout the day. It's going to be chilly from start to finish. As for how much rain we could see throughout the day, we're thinking about a quarter of an inch of rain, possibly less and possibly a little bit more in a few lucky spots. At least the rain will help to wash away the pollen, but you are going to have to dodge these showers as you take your dog for a walk tomorrow. My advice would be download the WRL weather app there. You can check in the dual Doppler 5000 radar while you're on the go. It's what I use when I take my dog Jazzy out as well, and you can find some of the holes in the rain on the radar before you step outside with your pets. And there will be holes in the rain on the radar throughout the day. 8 a.m., some scattered showers around, but breaks in the rain 
When it's not raining, though, it's still not necessarily going to be a nice day out. It's going to be overcast. It'll be chilly as well. Not terribly windy, at least. We do see the rain begin to push out after 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. The bulk of the rain would be at the coast after dinner time, and we dry out overnight into early Sunday. Sunday starting out with a lot of clouds in the morning, but some thinning of the clouds expected into the afternoon, and that should help temperatures to climb into the mid-60s. We're back in the mid-70s on Monday. That does come with the potential for some showers. And then Tuesday, the peak of the warmth next week, mostly sunny, 78 degrees. We do have some unsettled weather in sight by the end of next week, but high temperatures will be in the 70s all week long. And trying to find the bright side here, when we see rain chances going up after these spring-like weeks, it's good news for those of us that suffer from pollen allergies. Yeah, wash it away, at yeah. least temporarily. Thanks, Kat. The 2023 New York Life ACC Men's Basketball Tournament is back in North Carolina this year. Up next, we'll tell you where and when you can get some tickets. The 2023 New York Life ACC Men's Basketball Tournament is back in North Carolina in Greensboro this year. Yes, where it belongs. You can That's buy right. your tickets starting on Monday. The Greensboro Coliseum is hosting the men's tournament for a record 29th time. Last time the tournament was in Greensboro was 2020 when play had to be canceled after two days because of COVID. Tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on the Ticketmaster website. HBO's latest hit series focuses on a fungus pandemic sparked post-apocalypse. Episode 6 of Last of Us was supposed to focus on this reunion from some of the characters. However, fans spotted a bit of a gaffe in the episode. It involves the main characters walking across that snow-covered bridge, but several oh. members of the film's crew Oops. seem to appear in the corner of the aerial oh, shot. There they you are. know, Everything, there are sleuths out there. They look at every single little That's bit good. of it. That's good. That's hard to see. I know, I know. Ironically, earlier in the scene, one of the characters goes, River of Death, still no people. And it's like, yeah, except for the guy with the camera. <laughs> Marvel is expanding its entertainment brand, bringing it to life on stage. Disney Parks announced Rogers the Musical will be performed this summer for a limited time. The musical first appeared as part of the Disney Plus series Hawkeye in late 2021. Disney posted a teaser of the play on social media. According to the park, this is a one-act musical that will follow a timeless hero. It'll be fun. Mm. A three-year-old lion named Haji is now calling the North Carolina Zoo home. He is 400 pounds. Ooh, he came from the Audubon guy. Zoo in New Orleans. Check him out. He's hanging out. He was Moved here to be a companion to a female lion, Mikita. Guests should be able to spot Haji by his growing mane. Kind of looks like a mohawk <laughs> right now. His mane will continue to grow and darken as he ages. He's already 40, uh, 400 pounds. That's amazing. So he's going to be a big That's boy. He's a big guy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and at 11 on WRAL. Have a great night and a great weekend, everybody. Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.